Hello, and welcome to the Bad Kitty Podcast, episode one. start off first by saying thank you to all the messages of support and encouragement for this pod. I'm not entirely sure exactly what I want it to be or how it's going to turn out, but I just know that I want to share some funny unhinged climbing stories and I've gotten uh, a little over 350 responses so far. There are some really great stories in there, some really great questions, and I'm only answering a few of them today because I can't cover all 350 in a reasonable amount of time, but uh, I'm excited to share some of these, and please keep them coming. There's a running Google Doc. I will probably go back to some of these questions in future episodes, so don't worry if your question or your story doesn't get shared today there's a chance it could get shared down the line. Today we're starting off with a story of two unhappy trad partners. Then we move on to some AITA or am I the asshole shares. I'll move into an interesting situation, shall we say, about to happen in the Waco Rock Rodeo. I'm pretty excited for this one because I will be at the Waco Rock Rodeo coming up in February. So whoever submitted this, we're going to need a follow-up, but we'll get there in a second. And then we'll finish off strong with a question about climbing partnership. So let's start off with our two trad climbers. This climber writes in and says, I was at a crag once and I saw two folks climbing together. The climber, female, was being belayed by her boyfriend. They were doing a hard trad route in the creek, and she was very audibly stating that she was scared and yelling down to her partner that she wanted to be lowered, but he refused to lower her. After listening to them yell at each other for about a minute, I went over to see if things here were okay. I didn't want to get in their business, but at such a busy crag, it was hard for their fighting to not be in everyone else's face. The belayer got pretty heated that I had come over to see if all was okay. He just said something along the lines of, quote, She needs to finish the route to get their gear back, end quote. And I said, if he wasn't feeling up for climbing, I bet someone from my group would be happy to go up and fetch their gear, since it seemed like his climbing partner was having a truly awful time on the climb. Climbing partners disagree, and trad can sometimes bring out the basest fears that we all have when climbing, so I was just feeling so bad for the climber and how her partner literally wasn't letting her down. And then, in what felt like slow motion... The climber looked down at her belayer, yelled, quote, hey, asshole, let me down, end quote, and then spit maybe 40 feet onto her partner. I've never seen anything like it. Her belayer lost it and lowered her, and then we cleaned their gear and gave it back, but I didn't hear them speak a word to each other after that, and they left the crag. This isn't really a question, more so just a wacky thing that happened. Made me realize you definitely want to know your belayer will listen to you, or you might end up getting spat on. How would you have handled this situation? (laughs) First of all, 
when I got to the spitting part of this story, let me tell you, my mouth dropped. I mean, I have to give the girl credit for her precision in being able to aim and spit on her partner from 40 feet up. I also want to give credit to the climber who submitted this. Just props for going up, you know, hearing them fight, going up and offering them an out. It makes total sense, you know, if someone doesn't want to finish a track climb, but they still need to get their gear down, that is an issue. So if you're willing to wade into that conflict and offer support and any help you can, then kudos to you. <laughs> but <laughs> then having to witness someone spitting onto their belayer, yeah. I personally have never seen anything like that either, but I don't blame her. I mean, being a climber suspended on a route while your belayer refuses to let you down, I mean, you're essentially trapped up there. And as a pretty blanket rule, if your partner wants to get off of a route, then you should let them off that route. There is really no reason to keep your partner up there against their will. If they're scared, if they can't or don't want to finish the route, um, there's always another way. And forcing your partner to do something that they don't want to do is incredibly unfair. So I say that this guy deserved it. I feel like getting spit on is one of the most disrespectful things that you can do in that situation. And this girl clearly had no other options. Sounds like she had been fighting with her partner. She had been trying to get him to let her down. And so in her defense, as a knee-jerk reaction, she spit on him. Props, nice job on the aim, and... It sounds like everything worked out in the end. All right, next I have three AITIs for you. Two of them are a little related, which is why I'm including both of them here. I just thought they were both kind of funny. And then the third is separate. So um, here we go into the first one. I was at a crag with some friends in Farley, Massachusetts. So it's not too packed. And a little while into our session, a group of climbers comes up to the crag we were climbing at. Now, this is all pretty normal, However, the other group starts to unpack, and it's like they brought a full band set up to the crag. They all had instruments and started playing them too. They were being loud, and it was getting to be a little annoying. How and why they brought them up there is beyond me. They were a pretty big group and probably would have benefited more from bringing more ropes and gear, but I don't know how much they were there to actually climb. Is it annoying and being an asshole to ask them to stop? Or is it annoying and the asshole to be the people playing the music at the crag? I support people climbing recreationally, but this seemed to me to be impolite to the other climbers alongside them. <laughs> All right, I'm going to leave that one there and I'm going to read the second AITI, which just relates. Am I the asshole for being a hater towards other climbers? My home crag is the Red River Gorge and the supreme congestion of weird and annoying climbers that crowd the beautiful Appalachia has grown into my disdain towards others. I feel like the good things about climbing get lost in these crowds of people 
just wanting to party and bum around. TLDR, I am a big hater, but want to know how much is an appropriate amount to hate. <laughs> okay, I just, I'm just picturing, first of all, I'm picturing the crag at Farley. I've climbed up, I used to climb at Farley a bunch when I lived in New England, and they're pretty small crags uh, and small areas, just like the band of rock for the trad and sport climbing up there. And imagining a crowd of people coming up with a bunch of instruments and playing a live show or even just like, you know, strumming a bunch of guitars or like little drums or banjos. I have no idea. But it equally cracks me up thinking about this and just makes me want to heave a deep sigh. <laughs> it's like, oh, why? Why? Why you got to bring a bunch of noise and music, probably dogs, probably, you know, your gear scattered everywhere, maybe some hammocks, maybe some paraphernalia, who knows, but I, I feel you on this one. And I feel the second person um, writing in from the Red River Gorge and just calling out as, as they say, the supreme congestion of weird and annoying climbers um, who just want to party and bum around. There's, there's a couple things happening here. I remember, I guess, a part of climbing, a big part of climbing is not about the climbing. It's about the friends. It's about the, the hang, the environment. You know, maybe it's a nice sunny day and you don't actually want to climb. You want to just like go and eat snacks and relax. And that is totally fine. You know, you're out in the woods, um, amidst the rocks, whatever your environment in nature is looking like that day, you know, you're outside. It's a really great place to be. But there's this idea of space and the space that we take up in, in climbing at the crags. And if you're with a large group, you know, you're already taking up a lot of space physical space. And when you bring music to the crag, whether that's speaker music or your own mini band, band show, then you're taking up space audibly. Um, you're taking up space visually. And there's a lot going on. So I think it's important to be mindful of how much space you're taking up compared to the people around you. I think it's one thing if you turn up to a crag and there's no one there, which at popular crags these days is a pretty uncommon occurrence. Not uncommon if you go to less popular places. Um, there's a lot of climbing out there and you can find empty crags. But when you're going to a place like the Red River Gorge or Farley, I mean, like any of the main climbing areas these days, there will probably be people there. And I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this in terms of like, don't play music at the crag, reduce your impact in terms of spreading out your gear or going in large groups or, you know, be mindful of the space of other people. Like this is not new. This is nothing, not any of us have not heard before in theory, but in practice, <laughs> be aware, leave the banjo at home and climbing is growing. There's going to be a bunch of weird and annoying climbers at the crags, including yourself. 
you are also one of those weird and annoying climbers that is at the Red River Gorge taking up space and trying to have your own experience. So yes, you know, look at these other people with their instruments, with their hammocks, with their whatever, with an appropriate amount of disdain. I'm, you know, if you want hate, you say you're a big hater, I support that. You got hate in your heart, let it out. But also be aware that you are one of those climbers taking up space and probably being weird and annoying for someone else. Check yourself while, you know, checking other people. And maybe we can all get along at the end of the day. Probably not, but that's fine too. All right, this is the third and final AITI of this episode. The climber writes in and says, I was making small talk with a couple at the base of a multi-pitch. We were collecting our bags after descending and they were starting. I wanted to do the first pitch of a nearby route. I said this to my partner and the other couple could hear and they saw us head toward the route. In course of getting to the route, I accidentally step in human shit wading through bushes. Like, it's still warm. The smell was horrendous, even in a snowy environment. And the other couple are the only other party at that wall, so it's almost certainly one of their shits. A, was it their failed moral duty to warn us as we headed toward their poop? B, should we have confronted them about it? We had to pass back by them on the way out to the car, and I just fumed instead. <laughs> stepped in human shit uh, that sucks but it happened so was it their failed moral duty to warn you uh, no but it was it would have been a courtesy it would have been pretty easy to just say hey maybe like walk around those bushes or <laughs> don't go to that particular spot it can be really embarrassing to speak up about poop and so on one hand, I kind of get it. You know, maybe the other couple, they were like, God, I hope, I just hope, hope, hope that these people don't step in my shit. But you did. Um, so could they, should they have told you? Yes. And could you, should you have confronted them about it? Yes. I think you should have said something instead of fuming. Mostly because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of conflict not conflict in an emotional, over-the-top bad way, but kind of like standing up for yourself and being willing to have hard, awkward conversations in pursuit of a greater learning experience or even just having a sense of peace on the inside, knowing that you said something, you spoke up in a moment of discomfort, and just knowing that you got your perspective across, even if it may or may not have been received. You at least tried. If I were you and I had stepped in human poo, I think I would have walked back and said to them, hey, there's no one else here at the crag. And I just want to say that it's generally good practice to either bring a wag bag to the crag or to bury any kind of waste. So in the future, if you know of anybody <laughs> or if you're in a situation where you've got to dispose of your waste, just bury it. And then you can leave it at that. You know, you're not trying to accuse or have a discussion about it, um, but at least you can say something. Now it is time for probably 
one of my favorite submissions of this round of Bad Kitty. It's my favorite because it's just interesting and, and a little nuanced and a little dramatic, but not too dramatic. And it's not crazy, crazy, but here we go. This climber writes in and says, I've been involved with a girl for some time. They're a little hot and cold on me, but I'm enjoying it. The relationship has never been exclusive, will most likely never become so, and we've both seen other people over the course of the relationship. I don't consider myself to be poly so much as not involved in anything serious and shopping around. I have been talking to a few other people and have mentioned to them that I might be in Waco for the rodeo since my situation ship was already planning on being there. The issue is that two of the other girls that I'm seeing have expressed interest in going to Waco for the rodeo, but not because I was going to be there. Now, not that I would mislead these women or want to, but the usual not mentioning slash not asking who else you're seeing, or if you're going on other dates that both parties partake in in the early stages of a relationship, is a far cry from having to split a weekend with three people who would likely see not only each other, but me with them. Two of these girls are strong enough that if they did the rodeo, they would likely both be in the open category. So I would have no excuse to avoid either of them, if not the expectation to spend time with them. And the third would need or want some babysitting for the weekend. Also possible is that all three would end up staying or camping at the Rock Ranch. I don't know how to handle this situation, or if I should just steer right into it, and I could use any advice Bad Kitty can offer. <laughs> okay, just as a recap, our submitter who, I'm actually not sure if they are a man or a woman, they don't disclose their gender, so I'm just going to use they, them pronouns. Oops, I'm playing with my microphone. Okay. The thing here is the submitter has three women that they're dating casually, right? Nothing is exclusive. Um, nothing is serious. The submitter tells some people that they're going to the rodeo. One of their ladies is already going to be there. And then two of his other ladies also expressed interest in going to the rodeo. And it sounds like none of the ladies really know about each other because the submitter says, you know, they don't want to mislead the women or want to mislead them, but they say the quote, usual not mentioning slash not asking who else you're seeing, or if you're going on other dates that both parties partake in, in the early stages of relationship. So everyone's dating other people, but all three of the ladies are going to be at the rodeo and what to do how to navigate this. <laughs> I love that the submitter at the very end says, you know, they don't know how to handle the situation and maybe they should just steer right into it. Yes, you should just steer headfirst into this iceberg full throttle and see what happens. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to think of some situations that I've been in where people that I'm kind of dating at the same time are like all there together. But the thing is for me, I, I'm always really honest uh, with the people that I'm dating, that I'm also dating other people. So it hasn't been this exact kind of issue, but that is the 
value and transparency that I will recommend to you, dear writer. <laughs> if you've got three people that you assumingly care about, are interested in, and want to continue dating in whatever capacity that looks like after the rodeo, then it's worth telling the three of them individually that this scenario is going to happen. And just being really honest and, and, and upfront about it, starting with your first situationship that you mentioned, uh, just sitting her down and saying, hey, I'm psyched that you want to go to the rodeo. I'm also going down to the rodeo. You know that we've been seeing each other pretty casually, but I have also been seeing other people at the same time. And two of those people are going to be at the rodeo. And just, you know, acknowledging that it's going to be a slightly awkward situation no matter what uh, can break the tension a little bit. But I think it's worth giving the autonomy to make a decision for themselves. Because maybe one of these ladies that you are seeing, if they hear about this, maybe they don't want to put themselves in that situation and they wouldn't go to the rodeo if they might get jealous or upset seeing you with another person that you're dating. So first step in this is honesty with everyone involved, being upfront about what's happening. And then the second step is asking yourself what you really want. Who are you most psyched to hang out with? Who do you want to have these experiences with? What makes the most sense for you? What does your head tell you? And what does your heart tell you? And how can you go about relaying this information to all parties involved. <laughs> in in the course of this honesty, if you want to end up at the end of the rodeo with everyone being happy or at least tolerating the situation, you could try and split up the weekend, be like, well, I'm going to hang out with girl A this evening and then I'm going to climb with girl B the next day and then I'm going to get dinner with girl C. <laughs> on the final day. However you want to parse it up, you know, you you figure that out for yourself. But ultimately, the final message for this is be honest with everyone and don't feel guilty about it. It sounds like you haven't committed to anything. You're not in anything serious with the folks here. I think it's fine to be in this situation. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> and like I said earlier, I'm going to be at the Waco Rock Rodeo this year and I'm going to need some updates. I need a follow-up as to what happens. Anyone else who is considering Waco for the year, the rodeo is happening February 16th to the 18th. The Waco Rock Ranch is reopened and psyched to host climbers. Um, this is a shameless plug for me. Uh, I am on the board of the American Alpine Club and I'm really psyched for what the club has been doing this year and what we will continue to do. So come on down to the rodeo, hang out with me, and let's just watch some of this unfold <laughs> before our very eyes. To this climber writing in, please let me know how this goes. You don't have to talk to me about it at the festival if you don't want to, just, just let it all happen. But definitely let me know how it turns. All right, next question. This climber writes in and says, 
How do I break up with a climbing partner I don't like climbing with? She's not unsafe or anything. I just find her socially exhausting to be around and genuinely dread our climbing sessions. How do I cut things off, especially since I live in an area with a small climbing community and I know I'll run into her in the future? Okay, so you're asking how to end a relationship with someone who is emotionally draining. Mm. There's a couple different ways you can approach this. There's the, in my opinion, less honorable but easier way, which is to just slowly stop hanging out. When she asks to go climbing, you say, oh, I can't, I'm too busy, uh, I've got things to do, and maybe she'll take the hint. I, I bring this up as an option because I think it's what a lot of people do when they want to stop hanging out with someone. It's hard. It's hard saying to someone's face, you know, I just, I actually don't enjoy climbing with you or I am looking for something different in a climbing partner and I don't feel like you fulfill those needs for me. And it, it can be hard to say and it can be really hard to hear if you just slowly stop saying yes to hang out with her, you actually start saying no and your schedule fills up and you don't prioritize that climbing partnership anymore, maybe she will come up with her own excuses in her head of why you don't want to hang out. And, and But that being said, now that those words have left my mouth, she might start making up stuff in her head that completely blames herself. And she might be hurt. There is probably going to be confusion. You know, why isn't so-and-so climbing with me anymore? She will ask a lot of questions of herself and then she will answer those questions. And usually when we as people are in those situations, the answers to those questions are really not nice. The other option, which is the slightly harder option, but I think it's more honorable um, it's kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid fast versus the slow. But if you just have a conversation with her and, you're, and you say, hey, I know we've been climbing together for a while and I have realized that I don't enjoy the dynamic of our climbing partnership. And it, you know, it's, it's really because of me and what I am seeking in a climbing partnership you might want to ask yourself, is this a salvageable partnership? You say that you find her socially exhausting to be around and you genuinely dread your climbing sessions. Why is that? What about her is exhausting for you? And is there any way of addressing it? If there's not, which again, totally valid. You know, some folks just simply don't get along. If, if not, then it could be the way of just telling it to her straight and saying, I need something different from my climbing partnerships and friendships, and I think we need some space. I think we need some time. As I'm answering this question, I'm actually reminded of a couple situations I found myself in where I took the less honorable path. I wanted to stop climbing with some people, just individuals who I felt were similarly draining on my energy and I just, I, I wasn't having a good time climbing with them. I, I will say there were a lot of other life factors going on for me. I was, I was super stressed and needing more alone time and needing a calmer space. 
and type of person around me. So when I essentially ended these climbing partnerships, I stopped, I just stopped saying yes and stopped making plans, stopped initiating. And over the months we wouldn't climb together anymore. And I think there was a little bit of confusion on the other person's end and some sadness. And in retrospect, I regret not being more upfront with those people and just, and just saying, Hey, this, this isn't working for me right now. Maybe we can check in down the line, but just know that this is kind of a me issue and I need to take some time away. Don't always pick the easiest way, but I also get it because saying these things to people you spent a lot of time with, it's hard. It's difficult. Okay. I want to give a short shout out to the person who wrote in about meeting me briefly at Rumney last summer. And you were with a group and one of your group members had a cut off jean leg on his head. <laughs> like he had taken his jeans and cut one of the legs off and put it onto his head. I do remember that. I strangely remember having like no real reaction to it. I sort of remember seeing your group pass by and I was with a friend and your group passed by and I kind of saw and... I can't remember if I waved or made some eye contact, but I sort of turned to my friend after y'all had left and said, did that person have a pants leg on their head? <laughs> and I shrugged it off. I was like, well, climbers. <laughs> this relates back to the am I the asshole story about people, just people being weird at the crag. And I'm not saying you were being weird and annoying or anything, but it was a little weird. And I personally love that stuff. I think People are weird in general. The weirder, the better. Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. But um, I love weirdness. I love seeing things that kind of pop out in a way that's not encroaching or intrusive, you know, on, on the people around them. But I do remember that. I love that you wrote in and reminded me of that. Okay, final question of the episode. This is a little bit of a... I think this person was asking me specifically, and I'm going to give you my me specifically opinion on this, but this climber writes in and says, would you rather date a climber who was much weaker than you, say like V8 max, or date a non-climber? First of all, V8 is actually not that much weaker. <laughs> um, V8 is a completely respectable grade to be climbing, and... Would I date someone who was climbing V8 max? Um, I don't know. I'm going to rephrase this as, would you rather date a climber who is much weaker than you, maybe like V2 or 3 or 4 or something, or date a non-climber? And for me personally, I at this point in my life, I would rather date a non-climber simply because the non-climber would ideally have their own thing going on. They'd probably be a different type of athlete or they have some passion that they're really driven by, some goal that they're working towards. And I would be able to talk to this person about things that were not climbing related. And for me, that's incredibly important to have in my climbing life is things that have nothing to do with climbing. So yeah, I, I would rather date a non-climber. <laughs> than date someone who was weaker than me. Uh, I've also generally dated guys who were either a little bit 
weaker than me or a little bit stronger than me, but I've never dated someone who was, at least I've never dated someone recently, not since like high school, um, someone who was considerably weaker or considerably stronger. It's, it's a different experience. So that's my personal hot take on that. Um, certainly not one that's not blanket advice or anything. So yeah, just things to consider. That's all I got for today. There are still a lot of really good questions around different types of relationships, relationships. We had some interesting ones around gender roles, some women-specific questions, questions around queerness and identity, some questions around feet. I don't know if I'm going to answer those, honestly. A couple miscellaneous questions about professional climbing and social media uh, and some other AITIs, but I am so grateful that people are writing in, sharing their stories, and please continue doing so. Like I said at the beginning, the Google Doc is running, and uh, let me know in the comments or I think I have an, I, I, should I make an Instagram for this pod? I don't know. Let me know in the comments of the pod or you can DM me directly. Um, tell me what categories you would most like to hear about. There's a lot. There's a lot of dating in the gym, um, breakups, stuff I didn't get into as much because I just don't have the time. But moving forward, I will be commenting on these issues, not just on my own, but I'll bring in guests as well. So my next episode will feature one of my friends, um, TBD, and the next episode should be released, um, I don't know, whenever I feel like it. Probably uh, one more this month. Maybe I'll do two of these a month. We'll kind of see. But let's get this first one out. And yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Appreciate you. Bad Kitty loves you. We're here to knock shit off tables so that you don't have to. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Bye.